Hi, welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I'm Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. Kelsey, how you doing? I am a little bit sleepy. Okay, so par for the course. Par for the course. Usually kind of sleepy, probably more like physically tired than normal. Mm, physically drained. Yeah. Okay. But your mind is still sharp. Mind is sharp. Good. Hopefully. Because you're going to need that sharp intellect today. We're going to talk Pusha T. As we talk about the work of Pusha T. Yeah. One, Terrence LeVar Thornton. It's a good name. Yeah, it's a good name. It might not be as good as Pusha T. But his name starts with T. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Because Pusha, I got. And then there was a lyric, but also, like, I thought maybe he would have chosen T for a reason. Well, I'm fairly certain it is Pusha T, as in push a ton. Push a ton of that shit to make your nose run. Cocaine. We're going to be talking about cocaine a lot in this episode. We talk a lot of drugs this episode. Um, well, well not, probably not as much as Pusha T does. No. Okay. Where to begin with Pusha T? Pusha T is a rapper. He's also a record executive. And that's really about it. But he does that one thing, or two things, I guess. But he's primarily a rapper. But he does that very well. Mm-hmm. Pusha T uh, got his start as a member of the rap duo Clips. With his brother, Malice, uh, who you may know today as No Malice. The two of them started rapping together sometime around like the late 90s, 97. They recorded an album called Exclusive Audio Footage that was never released. It's out there if you want to get a hold of it. I've never actually got, managed to listen to it, but it's, it's there. And, and the, the important thing to know about Pusha T and, and Malice and Eclipse at the time, you know, late 90s or early 2000s, is that they were heavily in, uh, involved with Pharrell. And the Neptunes, which was Pharrell's production duo, him and Chad Hugo. And in 2002, Clips released an album called Lord Willen, which was produced entirely by the Neptunes. And includes the single, Grindin', which is probably their biggest hit as a duo. It's definitely like the the one mark, like if you didn't know anything else about Pusha T or Clips or anything of that like that, you would still know Grindin' happened if you listened to hip-hop radio in 2002 which i did i heard this song this is part of my the my first wave of exposure to pop music which was all about rap basically i think i mentioned that in this podcast before at age 13 at age uh, uh age 12 12 seventh grade let's say seventh grade an age when you're perfectly suited to hear all the messaging of you know early 2000s hip-hop as it comes to you it's just completely unfiltered through the uh your local radio station for me it was one of two jams and I heard grinding through that. I didn't really, didn't really connect with me too much then. I also didn't get what it was about because it's about like most of Pusha T's music. It is about the distribution of crack cocaine, or cocaine in general. But it's also it's written in such a way that you might not even know what it's about if you didn't know that going into it. I mean, it's not too hard to pick up on it. I mean, and and if you know, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. But I didn't really get into clips until like eight, nine years later. And this is going to not make much sense now and maybe doesn't make sense to anyone but me. But there was a time in like around like 2009, 2010, where it seemed like Pharrell and the Neptunes were going to be like an undervalued part of the culture. Yeah, I can see. I, for some reason, I feel like I understand that feeling. There was a time pre-Happy <laughs> and yeah. pre, I guess in a different way, pre-Blurred um, Lines, where Pharrell had sort of like 
the Neptunes were not the cultural force they once he, were. He'd done all this producing and like for amazing tracks and stuff, and, and wasn't really recognized for it. Yeah, it was, it was. It wasn't so much that he hadn't been recognized for it. It was that he had sort of fallen out of relevance, mm-hmm. and the style he pioneered. Him and Chad Hugo of the Neptunes. They they were they were sort of one of those groups that is is so like out there and and great and like good at what they do and unique that they didn't really so much influence the rest of the culture. This is the thing I think about a lot that artists who are really like ahead of their time don't really influence anyone else because no one is going to try to do what they're doing. And the Neptunes weren't really like that, but they, they, they produced enough like big hit songs, like too many rap songs to name a lot of pop songs. Like, uh, was a hollaback girl before that. I'm a slave for you by Britney Spears. Sure. Like they had, there was bleed into the pop world there. But you know they had they they were not they'd not really done anything that had been critically acclaimed in a while, mm-hmm. you know their only real like consistent creative source of output at this time was the band NERD, a band which has its moments but is a you know for the first two or three albums of its existence was like a rap rock band at the time when that was the least cool thing you could be. <laughs> so there's a, there's a time in like in like when I was in college where it seemed like the frail was overlooked and I'm I'm all about things that I think are in any way overlooked at all, um, which I realize is kind of a sort of a cycle I'm stuck in because in my mind, everything is so important and inter- interesting that it can never be looked at enough. But that's a different story. But so I, I wanted to like go back to the roots of where the Neptunes became the ne- Neptunes, like where they developed their style and like were first you know, out in the world. And I wanted to really, I was all of a sudden just really obsessed with hearing their sound. And the, the most like concentrated place to find that music was in the first two Clips albums because they produced literally every track on Lord Willen. And I, I really was, and I really went to the album just for their music, their music because I wanted to like study their sound and see what it was like. And if you haven't heard the Neptunes' work, which you have, you just don't know it. <laughs> but if you, you know, if you don't really know it by sound, it's a little bit hard to describe, but it's sort of like, the drums are very unique. There's a big heavy drum sound. It's often like on the song Grindin'. It's a little bit, you know, off kilter. It's, a little, it's just like a fraction off beat in a way that's like still works, but is a little bit unique. And they have a certain kind of synth sound they use a lot. It's not like a specific sound, but it's more of like a darker, like a weird, funky synthesizer sound. And Pharrell and, and Chad Hugo are very talented guys. And, you know, I so I, I went to this album just for that. And then I sort of threw like constant listens of like, taking in their musicianship became like really invested in the lyrics of the of the album mm-hmm. and again i was like i had like a vague familiarity with one of the songs grinding which is on the playlist i made for you kelsey it is because i, I should have mentioned this earlier this is another music episode yes we've done it we've done a few of these recently yeah but i i, I had to get these thoughts out about push a T. We've just been kind of busy and these are the easiest for us to do. Well, I was trying to place it in a better context than I that. I know. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. We have been busy, but it, you know, a 15 song playlist is a much less of engagement than like a 20 hours of a TV show. Yeah. But I made a playlist for Kelsey mm-hmm. and I'm just sort of going to, it goes chronologically and I'm just going to sort of follow it very loosely. I'm not going to try to give a full accounting of Pusha T's career because, you know, I wouldn't be able to really do that. But I'm going to give you the broad overview, and I'm going to tell you what songs I put on Kelsey's playlist. Kelsey. It's weird because I'm talking about you, but I'm looking at you while I'm talking to you. Because <laughs> I am talking to you. You are talking to but me. But I'm also, in a way, talking to an unseen third person. I think we're both a little bit loopy. Uh, no, I feel great, man. Do you? I feel lo- loopy, lucid. 
lucid. I okay. feel I feel better than I've ever been. Okay. I feel on on the edge, on the razor's edge. Okay. So from the album Lord Will, and I included on your playlist, Kelsey Goldman, the song's intro, which yes. is just the first clip song on the album. It's there's no hook. It's just two verses, one by Pusha T, one by Malice, and it's to me one of the best opening songs of any album I've ever heard. The opening track, the opening line, and I'm gonna try not to quote these lines as much as I can because it's gonna sound terrible me doing it. But when Pusha T says, "Players, we ain't the same," I'm into cane and guns. That's so efficiently lays out the ethos of clips as a group that i have to respect it because on this and on grinding and on many other songs in the album including the last track is just called i'm not you sort of really driving this point home where clips's whole thing was we really sell coke no really no really, really <laughs> we sell coke and we're still doing it and in fact we're making so much money off of selling Coke that we could stop rapping at any moment and be fine. And in fact, maybe we will. And that commitment is part of why I love Pusha T so much. Because obviously, I don't know if Pusha T and his brother actually sold Coke. Maybe they did. I, you know, I have no reason to believe they didn't. But, you know, the idea of selling drugs is such a, you know, it's, it's such a common thing in a lot of uh, mainstream rap music, especially. And particularly around the time when I was like getting into rap music, that was like still, I mean, it still is to a certain degree, but like that was really prominent in the in the mainstream culture. You know, it, it can feel kind of rote when someone does it. Like if you just pull up a, you know, a random rapper and they rap about, oh, I, you know, this and that and I sell drugs and blah, blah, blah. I can feel like, okay, sure, whatever. And I mean, part of the, the joy of like being a hip hop fan is like sort of appreciating that as like the baseline of the of the um the genre but seeing the different ways people style around that and make it their own and do it in a unique way and Pusha T does plenty of that but he also is so committed to this this one idea that that you know even if I have like if even if I'm intellectually aware that maybe you know I don't know for sure if Pusha T actually sold drugs when I hear a Pusha T song or a clip song I have no doubt in my mind he sells it a hundred percent commitment commitment did did you get any of that from these two songs I included from Lord Will and Kelsey? Um, not until we were re-listening to them before the podcast. Um, because I think when I listened to it, the whole playlist my, the first time going through, it was more like I was trying to get the sound, like I was listening for the the musical elements as opposed to the lyrical elements. And I meant to listen to it again, but my plans got thwarted. So we we did this sort of refresher before this, and yeah. And we were, since we were watching the videos on, on YouTube, it was like, oh, yeah, no, he sells drugs. <laughs> sort of a crash course. Yeah. You, you pointed out how, how much of these videos are really just like, especially the earlier ones, are really just like dudes standing around in front of cars. And I feel like we're like far enough away from it that now that that's like people are parodying that sort of style mm -hmm. of video. Um, but that's really what it is. And I'm like, okay. Just a bunch of dudes hanging out with girls. Uh, buy cars, you know, holding stacks of money. Totally chill. And what I what I realized, like watching these videos with you just now, is that that's like that is a good like visual representation of a lot of this music. But it's to hear it described is like I guess that's the whole thing, right? It's the way they describe it that is like compelling or interesting or fun. Mm -hmm. And just seeing it like you know laid out on the screen is kind of boring. <laughs> and the sound you mentioned that you feel like the sound of especially these first few songs I'm talking about sort of bled together. Yeah. And, like, it was very distinct. Like, I feel like if I heard that sort of same sounding, I was like, oh, 
that's clips. But it also was just like, I don't know, especially because the first song didn't have a hook. And so it's kind of when the sound sounds are similar, like it's like, and because I wasn't necessarily listening for like lyrical content. Um, like, I mean, not that I didn't listen to it because we talked about how I heard some things when I connected them back to our Kanye episode, mm-hmm. which we'll get to. <laughs> like they just sort of bled together because there's not like a, you know, a total differentiation. But like, I like that in an artist personally. Like I want to be able to know that that's that artist's sound. Or distinctive sound. Yeah. And especially for like a first album, like I want, I kind of want all the tracks to sound similar, <laughs> not like totally the same, obviously. And once I would listen to it over, over again, again, like I would be able to differentiate them. But like, I, I don't think you should try to do like eight different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can hear that if you listen, if you would listen to the entire Lord Willen album, like there are songs that are a little bit grimier, like grinding is very like aggressive drug dealing music. And then the songs like there's other songs where like the. The steel drum part of the the mm-hmm. Neptune style comes more to the front. It's got a more, slightly more laid back feel. Those things that are more up tempo and like the synth is a little bit more prominent. And that's like the party song. And you, I think you um you noticed that Pharrell was was very present in their music videos early on. Didn't? Yeah, I was like, wow, Pharrell's around a lot. I think what was the what did you ask me? I was like, is Pharrell in this band? <laughs> <laughs> kind uh, of. To which the answer is kind of <laughs> a little bit. The first two clips albums again were entirely produced by the Neptunes and Pharrell. You know, his vocal stylings are a big part of... We say the word stylings on this podcast. Mm. Stylings is coming up a lot. Mm. Mm. Also, he raps. He raps. Did you, did you not know that until now? I mean, I feel like I knew it, like, as a concept, but had never, like, really, like, connected it to him doing it. Yeah, you sort of... You hear drop it like a tot, and you think, I suppose Pharrell is technically on this song, but... He just does the one thing. I'm not. I'm not that. Yeah, I'm not that worried about it. <laughs> yeah. But when you see it all like this, you really like. He's really up in this. Thing. Yeah. And then that that does like that does create like a, this sort of consistent sound you hear on their first two albums. Yeah. And then it's like very like unique and atmospheric. And then you also get you know, Pharrell's, you know, his singing voice is I think better used as like an accent. You know, it, it's funny. I was talking about how Pharrell was underappreciated or in, in my mind for a while, yeah. and then basically happy was the thing that brought him back out. And that's like just a straight up sung song. Yeah. And it's very weird to watch these videos or hear these songs and think about Pharrell as like... That guy. The guy from the Despicable Me 2 soundtrack. <laughs> or oh, Despicable Me 1. He's all over that soundtrack too. Because the third song I put on here, I might as well say right now, is Mr. Me 2 by Clips. I think officially featuring Pharrell, although basically most of their tracks from their first albums feature Pharrell in some vocal context. Mr. Me 2 was from Hell Hath No Fury, their second album. This album came out four years after Lord Willen came out. Yeah. It was it was released, but it was delayed for forever because uh, they're with the, I guess they're with Jive, the record yeah. label oh. the Jive, and they got held up like for just so long, and like they couldn't put any their album out. And it was really frustrating. You can hear that in the the songs, like mm-hmm. they they mentioned that specifically in Mister Me Too. I like the sort of the reversal though. The first the first album being Lord Willing, we're like looking you know to the Lord, <laughs> you know for our whatever and then in the second album it's hell hath no fury (laughs) it sounds darker too you can't hear it so much in mr me too although it is even more like sparse yeah and it's like a call out track yeah it's like you know aggressive it's it's aggressive it's sort of a call out track towards well we'll get back to that (laughs) we're gonna talk about beef we'll touch back on that oh (laughs) because my friends i ask you this what's beef (laughs) what is beef what is beef and I think I just want to mention Mr. Me Too is a pretty good song. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it, it, I mean, I should really like for a very specific like kind of rap nerd, Hell Hath No Fury is still like maybe the best album ever released. Wow. Or at least like the best rap duo album ever made. It's very good, and again, it's like very distinctive. The beats are so like. There's one song that's just like a single, like piano, like not even like a riff, like a a thing where you like just drag your fingers across the keys. <laughs> it's like that, like once, and an 808 drum, and that's it. Like there's so little like actual music, but it's like so it's very like unique and atmospheric. And it's got more of that classic, you know, uh, Pusha T and Malice Coke rap that you love. And it's very good. It's a good album. It's not. I kind of prefer Lord Willen just because it's you know it's Lord Willen's a little bit more diverse stylistically, or not diverse, but like more lively. And again, I've just I probably just listened to Lord Willen so many times. It's it's, it's all just burned into my head the way Hell Hath No Fury isn't better. The nuance. You recognize them more. I do. I do. I just I'm just more familiar with it. They're both good. Um, I do want to point out the song Mr. Me Too, which is, again, a good song, pretty re- representative of the album, is great because the song is, the core, the hook is basically, like, mocking the sort of person who is, you know, attempting to copy someone else's style, but doesn't have the substance behind it that they have, and it's, you know, looks ridiculous in the process, and it's very clear when you first hear the hook that that's what's happening, but then Pharrell, after the hook, who was, Pharrell, who's already got a whole verse at the, the very beginning of the song, the first clip single in years, and Pharrell opens up with, you know, I might as well give him a verse right now. Give him one of my patented, not very good verses. After that, all is done, and then like Push T's got his verse out, and the hook's happened. Pharrell comes back in and says, actually, hold on a second. I need to explain to you what a Mr. Me Too is, because I feel like you may not have gotten it. I mean, see, see, here's in Pharrell's defense, <laughs> I did need that explanation. Maybe it only seems obvious to me because I've heard the song so many times. <laughs> but it seems to me like a Mr. Me Too was seems pretty obvious. I know we get it. Yup. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Okay. Everybody meet Mr. Me Too. Pharrell, the, the human rap genius.com. And then after that, after the critically acclaimed Hell Hath No Fury, three years later comes the critically acknowledged Till the Casket Drops, the final clips album. To this, to this point, thus far, it probably will be the last one. Uh, for this album, I chose the song Life Change, again featuring Pharrell and someone named Kenna. I shouldn't do that. I actually know who Kenna is. I've, I've actually listened to a couple of his albums. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good good dude. Got some good uh, good songs. But this song I put in here, just Kelsey, to demonstrate the way that the Neptunes sound. This is sort of what I was talking about, because this came out in 09. And it was not really... You know, people liked it, but it wasn't really like people weren't enthusiastic about it the way they were the other clips albums and i think part of that is because the you know first of all the neptunes don't produce every song on here they produce most of them they produce life change and you can hear in that song how their sound has sort of become a little bit more cluttered there's a lot a little more going on like you go from riding around shine and just the one bump that's the whole track to life change which is like got like like multiple hooks going on on top of it at once, like a loud synth sound, like just very repetitive drums. And still, I think a fine song, yeah. mostly because of the way Pharrell says, last night what I seen made my life change, which I always have the impulse to apply to just regular, like banal things. I thought this song sounded more like a song that's come out in the last couple years mm. than the ones before it, at least. Like that sort of cluttered, like, because sometimes you get a song that's, like, all hook, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's multiple hooks, so it's, like, all hook. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, it, it like, I, I liked the sort of complexity musically, mm. but I also can respect, like, the less is more of the first 
the first album. Yeah. And the fact that it does remind you of songs that have come out more recently is sort of a, I don't want to say a knock against it, but it sort of, you know, makes it, it's, it's got, doesn't have the same feeling as the first two albums have in that way. Cause those two things are still so unique. Even the first album, even like not really being where you were, like being exposed to that sort of thing. I can listen to that and be like, this came out in the early 2000s. Yep. Like you're, you're like, this is not of today. Yeah. You can just tell. Yeah. It's very, very, it's very of its time, which I think art should aspire to be. Agreed. I think, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I agree. Yeah. And so, so Till the Cast of Drops comes out, it's pretty good. You can sort of tell in the songs that Malice's heart isn't really in it. No. There's a little bit more of a moralistic bent to a lot of his verses, which you can hear on Life Change, which is like, you know, it's, it's more introspective than really either of them had been to this point. But after this is the point when Clips, uh, I'm going to say went on hiatus. I don't know if they ever really broke up because they're still on good terms. They're still, they're still brothers. Like they're, they're IRL brothers. Like but those bitches related. Yes. <laughs> but Malice, uh, you know, found religion, became a Christian born again rapper, changed his name from Malice to No Malice. Sure. Perhaps the, you know, I, I get the intention, No Malice, but it's also maybe the laziest way of communicating that idea. And I have, uh, I have really not listened to any of his music since he went solo. But you know whose music I have listened to? Who? Pusha T. That's right. <laughs> Pusha T. After this, you know, released some EPs, a couple mixtapes. He joined up with the Good Music, Kanye's record label, of uh, which he is now the president. Good for him. Yeah, he, this 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 wouldn't happen until I'm skipping him the timeline a little bit. But Push T is now the president of Good Music, which is cool. I think it's really cool that that the president of the label is also releasing arguably the label's best music. <laughs> On the playlist, I included from this sort of time between. Uh, the last Clips album and the first Pusha T album proper, I included My God, which is a decent song. I think it's just, I just put it on there because I like it. But as I said to you earlier, it's like B great Pusha T. But it's, it's his first, it's like his first single from going solo. And then I put on there also Millions featuring Rick Ross, which is a, I think it's just a great song with a great. Millions in the ceiling. Millions in the ceiling. Choppers in the closet. It's a, I, I can't communicate to verbally what this song sounds like but it makes you it makes me want to like run through a wall like flip a flip a car over and like bench press a building i don't know it's a very aggressive song (laughs) and it really you know it it pumps you up and rick ross is on it rick ross is like a less uh, artful version of Pusha t in many ways um Pusha t i think i read him recently describe his music as basically like high level luxury drug rap where it's sort of like it's about drug dealing but it's like very sort of there's a lot of art to it there's a lot of like finesse in the way you talk about it. Sure. Um, and, and, and Rick Ross is also like Pusha T to very like fully committed to one subject, but it's like a little bit less convincing, but I'm not, I'm not mad at him. Kelsey, when you first heard millions, what did you want to do? Did you, did it make you want to sell kilos? Did it I make mean, you want to move that white? It does not make you want to buy drugs or sell drugs. It definitely makes like, <laughs> it doesn't really make selling drugs sound like, bad bad like bad it doesn't even really make it sound like cool though no it makes it sound like necessary like <laughs> i've got to get out there and move this base i've got i've got i've got to do i've just got to do i've got to get those millions in the ceiling ah. choppers in the closet uh i wish i wish like i just play how this do you put choppers in the closet are choppers something job job guns guns it's like a machine gun guns. it's like a large okay. automatic gun okay 
not 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 the motorcycle or the helicopter no no <laughs> were you thinking the helicopter yeah <laughs> oh no i wasn't thinking about it straight i'm tired okay. like like toy helicopters in the closet sure like drones drones what is it what is a drone but a toy helicopter really when you get right down to it you get right down to it i wish that i could really i think this playlist is a good way for me to structure my thoughts around push a t okay. but it's also it's hard for me to really communicate to you like how it feels like for because i've basically been listening to his music for 15 years now on and off and to see someone pursue so doggedly so aggressively one topic of conversation <laughs> so thoroughly and find keep keep finding new ways to talk about it is so impressive to me but i should like like on the song king push which is from his first full-on debut debut album my name is my name he's least king on push. Good music king push is a song that's all about the normal king push a t stuff but it's it sounds different from any of his stuff with the neptune it's got a different kind of like because kanye is now sort of like not in charge of, but like he's like a creative consultant on his musical direction, even when he's not producing all the beats. But it's great. But then you get to, and I, I put this on here because I think, A, because it's a good song, and it, but also makes me legit sad. I put on here 40 Acres by Pusha T featuring The Dream. That was my favorite song. Which is a good, very sad song. Yeah. That is sort of. It's really good though. It's about, it's still sort of about dealing drugs, but it's about like more about the life around that mm -hmm. and what like might lead you to that life. But also in a way, sort of like taking ownership of your choices mm -hmm. in a way that sort of is empowering in itself. But it's also mm -hmm. like, it, it's it's weird. This song makes me like, if I hear it, I will get legit like, not necessarily a bad way, but well, I'll yeah. get bummed out. And 40 Acres makes it about that like institutionally. Yeah. Like on a larger scale and not just about Pusha T's life, like specifically. Yeah. In a way, I kind of think he's saying that like the fact that he is successful like this is his way to success is it's how he gets his 40 acres that he was promised yeah you know and that's says something about you know the american economy and society and shit. yeah it's a really good song and it made me cry <laughs> oh <laughs> it, i i've, I've I'll probably at least i've probably cried to it at least once which is weird because it's not really you know i'm this probably goes without saying i'm, I'm pretty disconnected from the subject matter yeah it, it's very affecting it's like it's like you you feel it as a song yeah one thing i really one I think thing the, I think, the dream like is fairly well placed there yeah i think something i really also appreciate is that he does touch on all those like institutional problems and like what it means to like be rich and successful and black in america mm -hmm. but he also he when he's talking about like sort of like you know things like issues that, that may lead you or like may lead people to to, to you know choose a life of of criminality he says, um, I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase. He says basically like, you know, like we, you know, our, 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 you know, our fathers left us, our mothers, you know, couldn't handle us. But then he basically says like, you know, but I had both my parents at home with me. So, you know, let's keep it real. This is a choice I made. So he's both like acknowledging the systematic problems of yeah. America and the world as a whole. And race and And, and race and all, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. But he's also like. It's also, and Jay-Z does, does this before. I can't remember exactly what song I'm thinking of right now, but he's also, like, acknowledged, like, the things that led him to the life he, he lived, but also, like, says, you know, I don't know. It's hard for me to really explain because, again, I'm very, this, like, is, this is not part of my life. Yeah, like, this is a problem, but it wasn't my problem, so there's other problems that, you know, are something like that it's weird it's, it's more i think it's it's I'm, like that's not you know like we need to look at the systemic problems but also like don't stereotype people <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's also like i am 
the result of these these things, but I'm also I'm not a victim. Yeah. I do not choose to see myself as a victim. Yeah. Which is a I know like a loaded thing, but I don't mm-hmm. I just in this context in particular I find that sort of fascinating. Um uh, I included like four or five songs from this album. This was my favorite section of the playlist. This little run. Yeah. And this is uh, My Name is My Name is like not a maybe not a perfect Pusha T album because it's got a lot of like I mean nothing like a Pusha T song is never really going to cross over but there are some attempts to cross over here I feel like like there's a song with Chris Brown on here which nothing else to say about that there's a song with Kelly Rowland on here called Let Me Love You which is not as bad as it sounds okay it's not that bad but you also have on here aside from uh, 40 Acres you have Nostalgia Nostalgia, which is a song by Push and Kendrick Lamar which is like a very like I don't know. It's it's like a throwback to like just very old school drug rap, which a lot of Push's music is trying to recapture that spirit. And this is like really the, the, I don't know, just go listen to this song. If you listen to nothing else from this, this thing, please listen to Nostalgia because I think that song is unimpeachably great. And it's got a great Kendrick Lamar verse. The two of them pair together very well and like take different views of crack cocaine as a, as like a topic. I also put on here a few songs from King Push, Darkest Before the Dawn, The Prelude, a very long album title, which is actually an even shorter album than My Name Is My Name, which, which is already like 13 songs long. And it's also, you know, it's, it's sort of a similar thing to the last album. It's a this sort of a focusing of it a little bit, focusing of the energy. Uh, part of the reason why I included stuff like 40 Acres and, um, and Sunshine, his song with, with, uh, with Jill Scott from King Push, is that I think it shows that Pusha T can write about stuff that's not drugs. I also like Jill Scott a lot, which is probably... She's great. Why I enjoyed that. And that song is very, like, explicitly about, like, it's, you know, 2015, you know, the sort of, like, these new, these issues in, like, society or, like, you know, abuse of power by police and race relations are becoming more of a prominent point of discussion again. And it's about all that stuff. And um, I don't don't mean that the way it sounded. Like, it's about that, all those topics. And it's really, you know, it's sort of... and, And Pusha T is, like gone on record and like mentioned in many of his songs like that he does not like conscious rap that's he just finds it boring and uninteresting which i think is uh, i both sort of sort of agree with and find just a very funny position to take but this song he can still touch on those like real world topics in like a like a incisive and like useful way and i also put on here um you know the song more famous than rich which is just a song about how you you would rather be more famous than rich but not not I, not Pusha T. Oh, we're edging into what you got to know is when you hear some of these these shots at like the idea of like fake rappers or you know musicians who are more concerned with their image than their their real life or, or like or you the know, content they put yes, out. Yes, yes. We're sort of edging into beef. A, an ongoing beef. Um, multiple beefs. Uh, multiple beefs. Well, it's really one beef. It's really the beef between Pusha T and the entirety of Cash Money Records. Okay. <laughs> um, what? Uh, let's press, press pause on that real quick because it doesn't become really relevant until the next album, Daytona's, the first of the current. Um, I guess it's over now. But this summer there was a wave of albums produced entirely by Kanye West or executive produced entirely by Kanye West. There was his his idea to release, you know, albums. They were each seven songs long, and they released five of them five weeks in a row, and a lot of them were really, really good. And the idea of like I could go on forever about the the you know the the why it's a good idea to like try to push back against the lengthening of of rap albums, but I'll save that for for later. 
or will I? Maybe <laughs> no, I'll no. do it. No, no, I'll, I'll save that. But, but annotation right here. We'll come back. We'll circle back around to that some other day. Ding. But <laughs> <laughs> Daytona, which is the album, um, Pusha T's album, seven songs long. Great. Totally pure Pusha T. No like weird half-assed radio singles. No all killer, no filler. All killer, no filler. <laughs> and it's, it's fantastic. It is, I think, the purest expression of what Pusha T's music is. And it's great. And I included the songs. I, I know I included If You Know You Know, the first song, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. And another, another song that I, just despite the fact that it has no relevance to my life, I now find myself saying all the time. Because If You Know You Know, and that's just true, I also put in here the games we play. I think I put Comeback Baby on here. It was hard for me not to, like, I originally conceived of this playlist. I was going to just drop this entire album in here. <laughs> I probably could have. Um, it's really good. The beats are so, like, I don't know, so well-constructed, so, like, hard and so, like, it's, like, weird and unusual. And it sounds great. And it ends with a song called Infrared, which is sort of uh, the reigniting or, like, the most, it was the most recent volley in the ongoing beef between Pusha T and then Cash Money Records, which began in like 2006 uh, with an argument over who wore the clothing brand Bape first. It just don't, you know. And then sort of developed. And there's a lot more to it than that. And then again, this could be its own, own whole episode. But essentially, it comes back to this idea of authenticity that Pusha T, you know, is the things he does not like about Cash Money's music is aside from the way you know, Lil Wayne sort of tried to adopt the persona of a drug dealer, like five albums in and the way baby is like this sort of tyrannical, like abusive money stealing executive. What he does not like is the inauthenticity, which is embodied by beloved figure, Canadian actor turned rapper turned pop star, Drake, Aubrey Graham, Drizzy Drake. Why is he called Drake? That's just his name. I think. His name's Aubrey. Oh, good point. <laughs> I don't know. Siri? <laughs> Siri, why is Drake called why Drake? Why is Drake Drake? <laughs> and again, this could, this could go on for a long time, but you know, basically there's been back and forth between Pusha T and Drake that sort of is like, it's developed from a beef between Pusha T and all these people to basically just, in the eyes of a lot of people, Pusha T and Drake. Pusha T released the song Infrared. Drake, you know, shot back with... The song called Duppy Freestyle, which it's his middle name, which is um oh cool, <laughs> thanks thanks Siri. Duppy Freestyle, a very sort of, you know, sort of what you would imagine like a Drake distract quote unquote written diss track to be like. It's it's fine, but the internet full of Drake stands like just went nuts about it. And then Pusha T released the story of Adidon, which is among the most savage diss tracks I've heard in my time where Pusha T, you know, among other other shots he takes at both, you know, Drake's uh, deadbeat dad and, you know, the fact that Drake's uh, producer OVO40 has um, multiple sclerosis, things which are questionable to include. But he does, he did, he did out Drake for having a secret child or as he put it, you are hiding a child. <laughs> and there's a lot of questions over how Pusha T knew that and like, you know, oh, that was already a rumor that was out there, but... Like the fact is, like the 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 the, the disrespect in Pusha T's voice in that moment <laughs> when he says, "You are, you are hiding, hiding a you child." You are hiding a child. Like, like the 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 diction. The diction, or not the diction, the um the crispness of yes. his words in those specific, like there's, 
And the fact that the enunciation oh, is if, just so. If you were not like, if you were not on rap Twitter the day after the song came out, you would you would you you have not known what it is to live. <laughs> My favorite, and I'm just going to re- recycle this joke entirely. But basically, <laughs> um, Drake, you know, made a funny little jokey diss track, and Pusha T responded with investigative journalism. <laughs> like he pulled up with a whole like ProPublica like ten part podcast exposing how Drake had a secret child that no one knew about, and that's like. Not really, like, I don't know. It's getting into ideas of authenticity, especially in music, and especially in, like, an image-conscious genre like hip-hop is sort of, you know, it's a thorny subject. But that's part of what I like about Pusha T is his commitment to the idea of authenticity. And again, I I like a lot of Drake songs. I find Drake less and less interesting the more he does clearly try to make himself into this different image of, like, the kind of rapper he wants to be seen as. And the fact that he's so inconsistent, he goes from, you know, women power anthems to uh, I can't go 50-50 with no ho in the space of like two months. He's inconsistent. I don't. I don't. How do you you feel about Drake, Kelsey? I don't have any opinions on Drake. Other than that, he's Canadian and I like Canadians generally, but. (laughs) You sound sound like you're like on trial. (laughs) I've never heard nor have I seen any of the music by Aubrey Drake Graham. I mean, the only Drake song that I've heard is Hotline Bling. Really? I mean, there's maybe others, but I don't know. Best I ever had? Never heard forever? Wow. None of this? Not ringing a bell, no. I haven't listened to the radio. Hold on, we're going home? I haven't listened to the radio since like 2003. <laughs> wow. I don't know. It's no excuse. Sorry. I don't, I don't buy it. <laughs> I mean, there's probably some that I've heard and I don't know that I've heard, but. When I ask you who uh, Quentin Miller is, do you know who that, does that name mean anything to you? Nope. I don't know. Sounds kind of nice, actually. <laughs> Should I want to know? Yeah, not really. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you want to know who actually writes Drake's music, then yeah, maybe you should be interested, but I don't know. It's old news at this point. Anyway, Kelsey, I'm sorry for talking at you for 30 <laughs> I, straight minutes. I apologize. I wish I, I wish I had more to say. I Like I said the things I wanted to say. Well, I enjoyed this. I always enjoy like venturing into some place I haven't been before musically. Or, you know, I mean, that's what the podcast is about. <laughs> <laughs> that's the show. That's the show. <laughs> that's it. And is Pusha T going to be, like, in my rotation? Probably not. <laughs> it's okay. But I do feel confident that if I if Pusha T is playing somewhere, I can be like, hey, this is Pusha T. <laughs> and now when I actually end all my Instagram uh, captions with the hashtag, if you know, you know. You'll understand what it's a reference to. Yeah. Or if I call someone a Mr. Me Too. Yeah. Because we, we started discussing it. We've already found one Mr. Me oh, Too. Oh, there is a Mr. Me in, Too in our lives. In our lifetime. In our <laughs> lives. Uh, you, you just look around. You'll find Mr. Me Too's all around you. All around you. I just want to point out that I promised we'd do a Pusha T episode on our the fourth episode of our podcast, the Dessa episode. You said that's when you said we were going to do Pusha T? I think I, I think I did, yes. Okay. And that was now, a while ago. Yeah, the prophecy has been fulfilled. It's been almost two years. Wow. God, I've been doing this for two years. Almost. That was back in September. Shit. Man. Really makes you think. Really makes you think. Coming up on 50. 
Fuck. I wonder if we'll do anything special for our 50th episode. <laughs> I wonder. Hmm. I wonder. Hmm. I wonder if there's anything special planned for after our 50th episode. Hmm. hmm. Maybe something special for episodes 51 through 57? Hmm. Perhaps. Hmm. Perhaps. 58. 58. Is that right? No, because 51, 2, 3, 4. You're right. Yeah, I always I always have to do that because like zero and one it fucks me up, man. Uh, what episode is this? Forty eight. This is forty eight. Okay. Okay. We got one more. We got one fifty. We got one more of these. We got one more of these. <laughs> no, um, we have as many more of these as we want. Yeah. 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 Well, Kelsey, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. I mean, we don't want to let down our forty four listeners. No, we don't. We do not want to let down the forty. <laughs> Two forty-three people who reliably listen to this podcast. Yeah, I guess and I listen to it every time we come out. Yeah, that's you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Kelsey, then, because yeah. you're one of our listeners. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, forty-three to fifty people. Yeah, who know? Who, I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, someone's listening, so that's that's pretty cool. I feel like somebody, some somebody in there has to be someone we don't know. You would, yeah, it almost would have to be, right? I don't know 42 people. I mean, like, I know 42 people, but I don't know 42 people who listen to my podcast. No, I don't know. No, I don't, I'm not close enough friends with that many people. No. To listen to, would like, listen to Even a podcast. Like, some of my close friends don't listen to the podcast. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, you yeah. wonderful 44 people. And Kelsey, thank you for listening. Thanks. For, to push a T. Thank you for editing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Got to do that. Yeah, push a T was fun. It was actually really good because I listened on. Tuesday, Monday, Monday. And like, it was like pretty, like, it's nice to have a beat, but like, you, when you don't know the actual lyrics when you're working and it's like just kind of driving you, but it doesn't distract me from what I'm supposed to be typing. Yeah. <laughs> I find hip hop also very centering. Yeah. Because so much of the topics in mainstream hip hop, especially, are so the same mm-hmm. that you can really sort of like, you can sort of like zone out to it. And it's, a, it's relaxing in a weird way. I don't know. And then there's songs like Millions, which just make me want to jump out of the, off the ceiling <laughs> and land like feet first like the Terminator. Special thanks to Danny About of the Weeping Willards for use of their song Outside in the Rain from their self-titled album available now on Bandcamp. Special thanks to Carly Sussman who designed our logo. You can find her work at carly-rose.com. If you have a second... Rate our podcast. You should definitely review do it. That. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Because we post there sometimes. Uh, yeah, sometimes. Also, shout out to Audra May. Oh yeah, thanks Audra. <laughs> Audra May like like called us by name on Twitter <laughs> and like retweeted us. Like called us Jason and Kelsey and like thanked us for like, the attention <laughs> we gave her on the podcast. It was it was very nice. You're you're a gem, Audra. Yeah, thank th- you for your music. Thanks for listening, Audra. And hey, if you made it all the way through this one, thanks again, Audra. <laughs> yeah, you're you're yeah, one of the forty-three. <laughs> I feel like that's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, but it was it was nice of her. That was that was that yeah. was neat. That's the closest thing to a cosign we've ever gotten. Yeah. If you want to hear more of me talking about music, you can go to my blog, <laughs> jasonedwards.com.com. That's jasonedwards.com. Spelled out. Spell out, and then dot com, like the like thing you put at the end of the URL. Yeah, it, it sounded clever in my head when I got that. A domain name. It's kind of hard to explain in person. <laughs> it makes sense on on paper, though. Yeah. Um, also, listen to our companion podcast. <laughs> uh, we've settled on companion podcast because yes. the alternative was a bit awkward. A bit awkward. A bit gross. <laughs> um, Andrew Ninja Warrior: mm-hmm. The story of two out of shape New Yorkers pursuing their wannabe ninja dreams. And maybe there's more podcasts in our future. 
Yeah, well, maybe mm, a, little, a little tease. A lot of teases here at the a end. Teases here at the mm, end. Throwing out some teases. Tease it. Mm. And yeah, I guess that's it. That's it. All right. Thanks for listening, Kelsey. Thanks for hosting. What? I thought you'd say like, thanks for talking. Uh, oh, that. Uh... <laughs> and most importantly, happy, happy holidays. holidays. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me And even though I always fuck my life up Only I can mention me They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up Can't let them get to me And even though I always fuck my life up Only I can mention me only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. Um, oh, I should have played you the song that the, the clips did with Justin Timberlake. What? You probably heard it, Like I Love You. Doesn't sound familiar. It was like his first single. Justin Timberlake's? Yeah. Don't think I've heard yeah, it. And Clips was on it. People don't, don't think about that, but Clips was on the first Justin Timberlake song. Grab a friend, see, I can have fun with two. Or me and you put on a stage show. And the mall kids ask how to change glow. Point to her, they say, wow, it's the same glow. Point to me, I say, yeah, it's the same dough. We the same type. You my air light. You had me sleeping in the same bed, ain't night. Go ride with me, you deserving the best. Take a few shots, let it burn in your chest. We could ride down, pumping nerd in the deck. Funny how a few words turned into sex. Play number three, joint called brain. Mom took a hand, made me swerve in the lane. The name malicious, and I burn every track. Clips and J Timberlake. Now how heavy is that?